the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. The Wall Street Business Network presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800 516 1220. So call in, we'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. Welcome in. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Thanks for supporting the show. Um, I know that there's other things you'd be watching, listening to. Um, consuming your time. I'm glad that you're not. Uh, and again, wildly appreciative that you're here and make the effort to let me try to show you some of the things on Wall Street. There's a lot of big stories out there. There's a lot of seesaw action on Wall Street this year. Um, we're kind of going nowhere fast, right? Carl Icahn made $1.7 billion investing in Netflix. That's one of the reasons I do this show, because you know Netflix. Now, I'm not going to say you could have made $1.7 billion but you certainly know Netflix, right? It's not like it's a, a shocker of a, what company did he invest in? What is he using day trading strategies? What is, was he using the Luther curve? No. No. Anyway. Um, yeah, it, you know, <laughs> I'm proud of what I do. And like, I love the stories. You know, Carl Icahn, uh, he thinks the market is overheated. So he's a smart guy. He's a rich guy. He made money on Netflix, and he's telling me he thinks the market's overheated. Um, I, I mostly agree with him. Uh, the consumer continues to get better. Housing numbers continue to get better. And that's where we might be able to grow our way out of it, but we are very expensive. Imagine going on a hot, hot date, and uh, your first date, you get this like $500 dinner. You go on a romantic plane trip to Napa. You have, you know wine on top of a mountain after a helicopter shuffles you up there. Expectations are pretty high. Your next date when you just go see Jurassic World eh, might be a little bit of letdown. And that's kind of we expectations. We've had a great six years on Wall Street. Expectations are very, very high. Let's bring in CFP, Chad Burton. Welcome in, CFP Chad Burton. He is with NewFocusFinancial.com. You can find him online, NewFocusFinancial.com. You can find him here on the airwaves between 1 o'clock and 2 o'clock on KDOW, his show, New Focus on Wealth. Now, California is the land of opportunity, and California has created a lot of real estate wealth. 
where people have been in the state 10, 20, 30, 40 years. They've probably done well if they've owned a home for more than 15. A lot of Californians are going to be house rich in retirement. Some of them are going to be stock option rich. Some of them will be 401k rich. Some of them will be a combination of the, of the three. What do we need to know about being house rich in retirement? I get ready for a massive move in America where people are going to be downsizing their home in the next 20 years. You have so many baby boomers that are drastically undersaved for retirement, underprepared for retirement. Um, if they live in the Bay Area, likely if they're, they're one of these people in these studies that have undersaved, they're going to eventually having to tap their home in a reverse mortgage or, or move out of the state, move out of the country even. Uh, so studies I've seen, Transamerica Center for Retirement Studies did one where only one in 10 people make a calculation in their lifetime of how long their money is going to last. Okay. Other studies by Retirement Institute and other places have said that uh, of the people that do have 401k balances, the average person that has a 401k balance is only projected to save enough to replace 60% of their income. Okay. So hopefully their house is paid off by retirement so that they can have the option to tap some equity, sell it, move it, whatever it may be. That's one of the best things about owning a home is you pay yourself rent, which means you're paying yourself equity. And after 10, 20, 30 years, hopefully it's added up to a, a, a situation where maybe that equity you've paid yourself can now be turned into rent that you're paying to someone else, or maybe it's you just stay in the house. But yeah, the, unfortunately, the, the affordability factor is an issue, too, because you get a 50-year-old wanting to buy a home, and it's gotten so expensive that they'll stop funding their 401k because they think it's such a great idea to buy a home, Right. which is a huge mistake. Right. If you can't afford to max out your 401k and buy that house, you're not ready to buy that house. I'm seeing a lot of people under 35 doing exactly what you're saying. They're not buying the house. Some of them are maxing out the 401k, some of them aren't, but that's really important to you um, to have the nest egg totally separate than the home that you live in or the place that you rent. Yeah. yeah. I mean, start working out of college, save 15% of pay while you're saving for that slush fund for that first home. You could even do that in a Roth IRA if you wanted to and, and build up, get used to saving that 15% of pay so that you know, if I continue to do that, that's what I need to be able to retire this home will just supplement my retirement, or maybe it'll take a couple of years off my retirement if I get it paid off early, you know, 30 years down the road. You have to take some time to do some calculations. You have to continue to be able to save money in your 401k. Take the time to, to not be these one in 10 people that don't run these calculations of how much they need in retirement. If you're going to run calculations, where should you go to see these calculations? Because let's say my house is worth a million dollars equity. I don't know how long that's... I, I guess on the radio I say it's $40,000 a year till the day I die, but how do I figure this out? You know, if you can't figure it out in, on a basic level, that's when you it's worth to pay maybe an hourly CFP, somebody that charges by the hour to, to do these projections for you if you don't have the assets yet to have a wealth manager do it as part of the wealth management program. Um, because the online calculators don't do a good job in analyzing your tax situation and forcing you to actually think about things like what are your health care costs in retirement so people will just take their current expenses and and assume that they don't pay almost any taxes based on these online calculators, and they, they get disappointed. They're, they do a very poor job, unfortunately. You know, the more I talk to you, the more I get intimidated by making decisions in retirement. Does that make any sense to you? Yeah, but at the same time, we also tell younger people that, you know, you start by saving that 15 to 20% of pay yeah. in total stock market index, international and emerging market indexes. If you do that, you can do a lot of things on your own until you get that first hundred to two hundred fifty thousand dollars saved up. 
make sure you have your disability insurance and you're saving, you know, 15 to 20% of pay, you're going to be wealthy when you're 65. You just have to put your head down and do it. Okay. So when I threw out that intimidation thing, I was kind of saying that it, it's complicated, like figuring out the value of your home and how many years of income that can translate into, it's intimidating. Yeah, or, that's what happens. Average person. That's what happens. Once you build up a certain amount of assets, you become just as nervous about making mistakes as, you know, picking the next mutual fund. So then you become worried about taxes because that starts eating and you see, oh my gosh, I'm paying all this money on my, because of my 1099s I'm getting. Um, so that's when you, you seek out the professional help. Seek out the professional help. You can find Chad Burton at CF. Oh, you can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. But you can find Chad Burton at chadburton.com as well. IAC Interactive, ticker symbol IACI. Their shares are trading higher. It's an internet company that buys other internet companies. Uh, they said that they're going to be offering dating site match.com up for IPO. Oh, and you get tender too. I think IACI has upside because of this, and I think the IPO is going to be very interesting. Um, strike while the iron's hot. Disney, the entertainment giant's spreading some of Elsa's magical snow and ice. The company is boosting its dividend by 15%. The company will begin paying the dividend twice a year, starting July 29th. Bed Bath & Beyond. Who doesn't like going into Bed Bath & Beyond? Me. The home goods retailer reported a slight miss on its top and bottom lines. Earnings fell 15% in the first quarter as heavy promotions put pressure on margins. I prefer Home Depot in the world of home retail. Um, Bed Bath & Beyond at one point in time was a rock star of a company. Um, and maybe it's, maybe it's something to be considered because you know how we talked about home ownerships dropping, 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 dropping? It's only going to drop so far before it starts to pick back up. It's something to start thinking about. Facebook's going to stream a couple HBO shows. Very, very interesting. One of them is Dwayne The Rock Johnson's Ballers. Only two episodes, not the whole season. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. six-year high. That's really good news as consumers are about 70% of our economy. And the last time spending was this high was when the United States government had that incentive cash for clunkers program, which provided a temporary boost by giving car owners an incentive to trade in old vehicles for new ones. A horrible idea if I had ever heard one, um, but it helps boost the economy. 
overall economy contracted in the first quarter of 2015 with GDP falling at an annual rate of 7 tenths of a percent. But that was a blip due to bad weather. Consumers continue to save. Uh, they socked away 5.1% of their disposable income compared to 5.4% in April, but they're spending. Match.com and Tinder are going to seek suitors. She loves me. She loves me not. She loves me in the investment world. So Match.com and Tinder come into the bankers and saying, hey, we'll give you a piece of our company. We'll give you a piece of the action if you give us access to millions and millions and millions of dollars. So they're going to only issue about 20% of their shares. Um, I think the deal's designed to go higher. Um, other news in the world. Supreme Court spared a key part of the President Barack Obama's signature law uh, in a 6-3 decision, ruling that federal government may continue to subsidize health care, health insurance in dozens of states that did not set up their own exchanges. Tenant health care, community health care, universal health care, HCA, all surging on that news. Tenant shares are up 9%, HCA up 10%. Whoa. Um, Netflix came out with a cute little press release today and said that we're going to have a larger audience than the big four networks within a year. Netflix will, within about a year, have a bigger daily audience than each of the big four networks. Thanks to hit shows like Orange is the New Black, Netflix is growing its audience at about 40% a year, working from 10 million hours of streaming. Um, if networks were rated by Nielsen right now, it would go ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox. It would have a 2.6 rating over 24 hours, which is on par with ABC and NBC. Given that Netflix is growing its audience at 40% a year, it should overtake the big four networks sometimes next year. Uh, the company did announce a 7 for 1 split. Carl Icahn, who made $1.6 somewhere between $1.6 billion and $2 billion off of Netflix shares in the last four or five years, um, sold his shares. And he thinks, his quote is, we believe Apple currently represents the same opportunity we stated Netflix offered several years ago. Um, I think that's a little bit much, but Apple does have a cheap valuation. Oppenheimer predicted that Netflix would have 239 million subscribers worldwide in 2020. Right now they've got 62 million. They're predicting about almost four times as many. Disney just got a little more magical. Uh, they're upping their dividend, and they're paying it twice a year. Disney has been an outright dream come true for investors under Robert Iger. Shares are up 140% the last three years. And we got the new Star Wars movie coming out later this year. And I'll break out my new song. Um, Hilarious Bill Murray. Well, it's not my song. But uh, back in the 70s, I guess, on Saturday Night Live, or maybe early 80s, he did a, a lounge singer. He did Star Wars, nothing but Star Wars, nothing but... And that's basically it. Um, HBO teams with Facebook to premiere a comedy series. Um, wait, wait, isn't Facebook a place where you go and post everything good in your life? The episodes of Ballers starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson and The Brink... Uh, Oscar winner Tim Robbins will be hosted on Facebook for a limited time. Viewers can watch Ballers on Johnson's Facebook page while The Brink has its own page hosting the episode. comes by a big push by Facebook in the video space to challenge the dominance of the Google-owned YouTube world. I think that's pretty interesting. 
Um, the Rock has 49 million Facebook fans, 8.86 million Twitter followers, and 18.2 million followers on Instagram. I still haven't done Instagram. Should I? I feel like no one wants to see me. I don't want to show you my life. Because you'd find out that it's really sad and that I have tea parties and cry a lot. So, Facebook. Are they a video company or are they a company that posts your life? It's a good question. French taxi drivers are protesting against Uber. It's caused utter chaos in Paris. Um... Francis Interior Minister called for a nationwide legal clampdown on Uber Pop, siding with taxi drivers who blockaded major transport hubs in angry protest against the U.S. online ride-sharing service. Ha ha ha! You screw us by giving us bottled water named Perrier and Evian. We get you back by sending our American companies at you. Arguing that the service represented unfair competition, cabbies blocked roads the French capital's Charles de Gaulle and Orly airports, prompting... Uh, Airports basically want travelers to use local train services. Access by road is completely blocked. Uh, even Courtney Love is tweeting that her Uber driver got pulled out of his car and basically taken hostage. And they're attacking visitors. They're flipping cars. French taxi drivers are so much fun. Aren't they? Millennials love media on smartphones and they're shunning live TV. The millennials lead other age groups in media consumption on smartphones, but watch the least amount of live television. Reflecting the trend that has kept TV executives awake at night, for sure. And that goes back to the whole Facebook video, right? I've got a friend who's a millennial, even though she doesn't like being called a millennial. And she's staying in a guy's apartment who's out of town, and she doesn't know how to turn on the TV. And she watches all her media on her laptop or her phone and she doesn't say, I'm not a millennial. Oh yeah, you are. Oh yes, you are. Consumption pales in comparison to 36 hours spent a week in front of the tube by most adults. Are you kidding me? U.S. adults between 18 and 34 spend 22 hours a week in front of the TV. People older than 34 spend 36 hours a week. Wow. That's a lot of TV. It's more than I would have thought. That's five hours a day, seven days a week. Holy mackerel. Um, TV still remains popular as far as hours spent, um, but it's, it's declining. Smartphones and personal computers and tablets are climbing. Smartphone daily necessity. 800-516-1220 to each calls on the air. Investigation in New York has found that Whole Foods is overcharging. What kills me is like the vegetable platters that's kind of being brought up. People, you shouldn't be buying pre-cut celery. You shouldn't be buying that stuff. It's, it's marked up already. Stop it. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more.
Welcome back in, Rob Black, your money, I'm Rob Black. Joining me now, Chris Siaccia, tech editor for TheStreet.com. How are you, Chris? Good, Rob. How are you doing today? Doing well. Looking kind of trending towards the weekend, if that makes sense. Um, summertime, these weeks kind of grind by at times. Not a lot of action going on, but you got some stories for us today. Yeah, Box kind of came out and, and shocked uh, the markets a little bit yesterday. They've teamed up with IBM to deliver some cloud services and integrate both companies' cloud products to really change how people in business actually use cloud. So it's it's a big deal for Box. How is Box doing? They're a company that does online storage. That's the basic idea. Can you fill us in with a little more color on that? Yeah. I mean, Box is it's growing pretty well on the top line, but Box is, a, like you said, it's a cloud storage company. And they are a cloud computing company, and it, it's difficult for them to really generate profits at this point in their life cycle because they spend so much money tra- trying to acquire other customers. So basically what they're doing is all the revenue that they're generating from these deals uh, where they sign up subscriptions with companies like GE for them to use their storage and their services and their marketing and some software – they then plow all that back into acquiring more customers, and they haven't turned a profit, as far as I know, since they uh, became a company in 2005. So they've gone 10 years without really turning a profit. So it's, it's tough for them to really, you know, Wall Street to really appreciate what they're doing, but this IBM deal makes it a little bit easier. I get a little bit nervous when we're talking box because they're not making money. They've got a CEO who's 30. Um, so that just spooks me. I, and again, that's that's coming from a man who's forty plus years old. Um, it, it just to me, this one smells like from a distance. It smells like um, there's gonna be problems because when I think cloud, I think you know um, Salesforce.com. I think Amazon. I think Google. Box to me is just oh, it feels like an Exodus Communications, which you know, fifteen years ago. They did storage of websites for companies, um, and then they went completely bankrupt. Um, am I off base on this? Is this more of a business than I, f- I see? No, I, I tend to agree with you, Rob. And I, I've written some stories where I don't believe Box is a viable business. I think they're essentially just you know, a service that a larger company would provide. They compete with you know, Google Drive. Um, iCloud, uh, storage, you know, Microsoft has their own storage um, called Sky or SkyDrive. They compete with those things, and those are all subsets of lar- much larger companies. So I can't see how, in the long run, Box either doesn't get acquired because of faltering financials, but they, they do have a customer base. And I just don't, I would not, personally, I would not invest in Box, you know, if, if I was an investor. I would just stay away from the company entirely. It's a pretty new IPO. It came out around 23 bucks, um, so now it's publicly traded. It's around $18, $19 on the news with IBM. And the lockup period is going to hit in a couple months. And I just, it, you and I, I guess, kind of look at things the same way. To me, it just feels like uh, Microsoft has the services that IBM has, and they have the storage. Um, very, very competitive. And also, um, I made the mistake of staying at a hotel once when Box was having like a corporate getaway. And I just, I got to see some of the employees and they just honestly all looked like they just came off their mother. 
Um, they looked young and experienced, um, not cutting edge and not strong and fit. But anyway, I'm, I'm going on too much about this, aren't I? Yeah, I, th- I think that, you know, Aaron Levy should be given credit, you know, for building a company. But like you said, there are a million other companies that do the same thing, including Dropbox, which is probably going to go public either later this year or early 2016. So it's just it's tough to see how, you know, they stand out. There's nothing for them that says that, you know, to the average investor or even an institutional investor, hey, you need to invest in our company because our product, our services, and our marketing team are so much better than Microsoft's Google or Dropbox or any other company. It just it doesn't make sense. I'm with you on that. Speaking with Chris Siaccia, the tech editor for TheStreet.com, another story that you've recently worked on, and this is one that's pretty interesting. I was impressed that Amazon came up with a product. Um, Amazon's answer to Apple's series now available to all consumers. We saw it. It's like a voice-activated personal assistant. It's something you could put in, like, your kitchen, and you could you know, say, what's the weather going to be like, and it tells you. I like the concept. I don't know if it's functional. What, do you, what can you tell me about this whole process? I'm really kind of intrigued about Amazon Echo, <clears throat> excuse me, simply because not only that it's a new device, but it really brings artificial intelligence and machine learning into you know the everyday consumer's life. And those are buzzwords that I just talked about, but those are going to be things that people actually really understand what they mean, you know, as as time goes on. For example, Amazon Echo, you, you, like you said, you ask, you can ask it the weather. Um, it can play music on Pandora. It can buy things directly from Amazon. If you ask it, it's really it's, it's pretty incredible. Um, and from everything that I've read from customers who've had it and put in reviews, they said that thing, the voice recognition, and great, and it gets, it continuously gets better. It's it's not uh, horribly expensive. It's only a couple hundred bucks. So it's not like going out and buying a new laptop or a desktop where you're going to spend around $1,000 for a good machine. And, you know, you know it continues to, to really help people's lives. You know, it tells them the weather. I'm pretty impressed with what they've done. And they just recently announced uh, earlier today that they're con- continue to build on it. They, uh, they set up an API for it, which will allow developers to continue to add new functionality to it. And they also set up a fund known as the Electra, uh, Alexa Fund that will be funded with $100 million to support developers, manufacturers, and other startups who actually want to create new experiences based off what Alexa is built off of um, or what Echo is built off, which is this Alexa um, machine learning and artificial intelligence system. Is it something that you think we will want to have or need to have? Because... Amazon seems to have a pretty good idea, and then they seem to have this. Do you, do you remember a couple months ago they had the buttons that you could like order dish detergent? You could get a dish detergent button, and like that's all you'd have to hit, and it would tell your Amazon account to send you dish detergent. But it was specific to like dish detergent. I was like, is this an April Fool's joke? And it wasn't. It was just very odd. So some hit product, some missed product. Yeah, Amazon is always consistently experimenting. Some things okay. work. You know, like the Kindle e-readers or the Kindle tablets have done pretty well. Amazon Fire TV seems to to, to be to enjoying some success. And then there are some misses, like the Amazon Fire Phone. Nobody bought it, and, and they wound up having $180 million in inventory 
sitting on their shelves because nobody wanted to buy it. So Amazon is always consistently experimenting. I haven't heard too much about the buttons for uh, dish detergent and laundry detergent and other things. But again, that's only a couple months in. I think this Alexa thing is going to be slow on the uptake initially because people are a little concerned. But So I think you're going to see just the early adopters talk about it. But there's already 17,000 people who reviewed it on Amazon. So it's not something that, that's a small number. And as you're going to, you're going to see that continue to grow now that it's available to everybody. And I think, you know, in the next couple of years, you're going to start to see more and more people have this kind of device, whether it's, you know, the Amazon Echo or something like it. And I think Amazon will have an advantage just because it's first in this space. So they'll be able to continue to work out the kinks and really get it right. I, I think this is a, I think this is going to be a hit for Amazon. Speaking with Chris Siachi, a tech editor for TheStreet.com, is there anything else that you're working on right now that should be brought to our attention in the world of technology? It's kind of a slow time so right now, uh, like you kind of mentioned. So I think really the next big thing for investors to kind of keep an eye on is earnings season. Um, you know, earnings season kind of starts, you know, in the next couple of weeks. So we'll have to see what companies like Apple and uh, Intel and Microsoft have to say about the strong overseas dollar. Oracle kind of came out last week and bemoaned about it. I suspect well, it'll be the same theme as Q1 where all these companies complained about the strong U.S. dollar. So I, I think that's something that if you're an investor in some of these company, multinational companies, you have to, to keep forewarned about. And then there's also you know Netflix. Netflix has become this monster uh, both on Wall Street and, you know, in the uh, in the Americas as well as internationally, and Carl Icahn made headway or headlines yesterday. Came out and said he sold all of his stake in it. The stock popped on the stock split, and then it dropped and gave all those gains and then some on Icahn's comments. So investors have to ask: Is this all there is for Netflix? So I think that's something that we're going to have to watch out for the, over the next couple of months. Interesting piece of tech news that I saw this morning that I'm intrigued by is the uh, Barry Diller is going to spin off Match.com, Tinder, and all the OkCupid, all the love sites that IAC Interactive has. I'm going to be fascinated to look at the numbers because they all kind of eat off each other's plate, but a lot of people that I know who do online dating use like two or three of these services, so I think this is going to be a big IPO. I see some upside there. Yeah, I was shocked to see the timing of it. Um, simply because it's still early in its growth phase. But I know a whole bunch of people, including friends, um, you know, colleagues who've used mm -hmm. Tinder. I, I used Tinder, um, you know, when it first came out just like as an experiment. It's, it's fun to swipe it's, left and, and swipe right. So they really kind of created something, you know, that's fun to use. Okay. And now they've introduced... Chris Siaccio. It's Chris Siaccio with com. Take a break. Be right back.
Let's walk back in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Pretty epic day for Obamacare. Um, healthcare. Speak English, Rob. <laughs> healthcare sector is outperforming after the Supreme Court upholds the Affordable Care Act subsidies. Um, I'm not going to get into the politics. I'm going to say you should own some healthcare stocks for a long time. Whether it be Aetna or United, Cigna or Humana, whether it be HCA Holdings, United Health Services, uh, Tenant Healthcare, it's a good sector. And Vanguard's got a good mutual fund, healthcare fund, that has done fantastic over the last 20 years. So if you've got 20 years left to live, you could look at the 20 year you know, track record and say, oh, well, I take that. It doesn't mean you're going to get it, but you could see how they've done in good economies and bad economies. So tenant health care, universal health. Some of these are up 5, 10, 15 points. Uh, Percentage-wise, they're up about 10%. I mean, that's that's smack. That's, that's like, boom, he hits it. Um, Facebook has just become really expensive in the last two weeks, moving from 80 bucks all the way up to $89. For a company that's you know worth a quarter of a uh, trillion dollars, that ain't cheap. Um, but I kind of like what Facebook does. And I don't think they'll be relevant in, in 15 years, but I think the next five years, pretty darn relevant. Um, I could see a lot of spinoffs. I could see a lot of additions. They already know so much about you. Why not start a dating site and, you know, say, screw you, Tender, screw you, uh, uh, Okay, Cupid, Match.com. They know so much about you. Uh, Apple Music, you know how they're going to pay the labels? Apple last week committed to paying music labels during the free trial of Apple Music. The company has yet to formally announce how much they're going to get. But according to sources, a payout of two-tenths of one penny. So it takes five payouts to equal a penny. Five streams, um, and that's a pre-tax figure, meaning that in the UK, for instance, labels would receive, you would have to do 10 streams, eh, about nine streams, just to earn one penny. So in other places, such as Ireland, Sweden, Spain, Italy, labels could get even less. Um, Spotify pays labels and publishers. Um, not even a penny per stream. You know, the average payment a signed artist gets after their label takes its share is less than, uh, like I said, it takes about 10 streams to earn, for that musician to make one penny. So it's going to be interesting to see. Um, I think it's going to be interesting to see. After the trial is over, Apple's going to pay owners 71% of Apple's music revenue. Uh, inside the United States and 73% outside. Now, again, how much that songwriter will actually get depends on the contracts they have signed with the music labels and publishers who distribute their songs. I'm kind of excited about Apple releasing this. I, go, I like a good fight. And uh, Spotify, Pandora, and Apple, they're going to get into it. Uh, French taxi drivers are protesting against Uber. 
and it caused total chaos in Paris. And this brings me to my, you know, a thought about Bill Gates. He took a part in a panel discussion recently um, called Investing in African Prosperity. Uh, some of the things that he talked about, robots, the economy and logistics. He says there's still quite a way to go. But with robots, robots will be benign for quite some time. The future of work is not in immediate danger, although the outlook is not good for those who only have a high school degree or less. I strongly agree. Get education, math and science if you can. Gates was also asked about Uber. He seems to think the real disruption to the driving and logistics industry is not going to come until we have fully driverless cars. That's the Rubicon. I think Gates is a pretty smart guy. And he, said, he talked about Uber. When you think driverless car, you probably think Google. Uh, maybe Apple. Maybe a little Tesla. BMW. You know, you've seen the commercials where a car pulls out in front of a car and... The guy doesn't even have to touch his brakes. The car stops for you. Oh, it did it stop in time. Hmm. Driver's this car, you're in trouble. Who's going to pay for that accident? Is it going to be the company that makes the driverless technology? Is it going to be the insurance company? Is going to be the owner of the car? Um, but speaking of, you know, preset notions on Google's driverless cars, and driverless vehicles are going to be real big, like in like oil fields and coal fields, where you have to pay a guy to, like, drive a truck real slow, go dump it, go back, pick up more coal, and drive it real slow. But Gates thinks that Uber is think about how many cabs i mean uber ta ta taxi drivers in france are freaking out today the carnage if you get a chance to like google french uber images um, they're smashing people's cars they're flipping them over they're throwing tires in the middle of the road um the carnage in the business world what uber's going to do when they get the driverless car, and Uber has the biggest research and development budget out there on driverless cars, it's to their advantage right now. And, you know, retail clerks will not go away, but they'll become fulfillment clerks uh, on some levels. It's, it's going to be fun to watch. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. You can find me online at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.